Roger yawned, then flicked himself in the face to stay awake. He was beginning to have doubts about this entire endeavor. Was all of this driving around in the exact middle of who the hell knows where to meet some chick off the internet really worth it? And all of that after a pain in the ass workday in a boring garbage job with a boring garbage boss. Roger sighed and looked out the window for the millionth time, hoping to see some sign of modern civilization. Trees, empty fields, and desolate barns greeted his eyes for mile after mile. Most of the trees stood dead, as bare and picked over as skeletons, victims of acid rain, if Roger recalled his middle school science classes correctly. He'd left the highway an hour ago, and had seen a total of two cars since. This chick better be worth it, he thought to himself. But the restaurant would be coming up soon, according to said chick's directions. It was an old and out-of-the-way place, she'd said. The kind that wouldn't show up on any GPS program. Roger rolled his eyes. He was a child of the burbs, loved the city, and didn't have time for such rustic quirks as a restaurant you couldn't find on Google Maps. But then, the car went around a bend, and lo and behold, there it was, Jim's Burgers, the big sign out front suggested. Roger rolled into the gravel parking lot and got out to have a closer look. The sign, illuminated by a couple of flickery old bulbs, displayed the cartoon image of a bull dressed in a stereotypical chef's outfit, the wild-eyed animal drooling over a pile of cheeseburgers. Everything about it was off-putting, the spatula and the knife in the bull's hands, the chipped paint and rather manic art style. Roger scoffed, walked past the other two cars in the lot and the buzzy neon open sign and went inside. A big old cowbell on a string jangled as he opened the door. Immediately, a pale, chubby, and stubbly young man behind the counter greeted him. Good evening, sir. Welcome to Jim's Burgers. May I take your order? The guy was probably 18 or 19 years old, but his hunched-over posture and the lines and spots on his face suggested all the worst aspects of premature aging. He grinned at Roger expectantly, the smile not quite reaching the wide and bloodshot eyes. Roger replied with an awkward, I'm waiting for someone. I'll decide in a minute. Then walked across the dining area to take a seat. The decor of the place resembled a big chain fast food restaurant, but clearly hadn't been updated in at least 30 years. The booth Roger chose sat mercifully out of the cashier's line of sight. The place was void of any other customers unless they were in the bathroom. The smell of greasy burgers and french fries came from the kitchen, and Roger had to admit he was hungry. He sighed and pulled out his phone to check his text messages from Casiopa. That was the girl's name, though she just went by Case. They'd met on a dating site. Case had caught his eye straight from her profile picture. With her fire truck red hair, ruby lips, emerald eyes, and exotic name. She'd seem artsy 
and eccentric from the get-go. The kind of girl who liked to act on the fly, drinking new cocktails, listening to new music, going on random trips to strange places. All the adventurousness Roger had tried to summon up in himself since his most recent breakup. So long as Case wasn't a total catfish, she'd make a sweet lay to break his dry spell. That is if she even showed up. He sent her a text saying he'd arrived. It'll be just as luck to get stood up after driving all this way. Everything all right, sir? Roger bolted upright in his seat. Right next to him stood another employee. This one a woman, perhaps a couple of years older than the cashier and with the same sickliness. The two workers looked like they could be siblings and probably were. No doubt this was a family business. Have you been helped? She grinned down at him with that same artificial expression as the cashier, and her eyes were just as unsettling. Uh, no, I'm waiting on someone before I order, he explained, attempting to hide his disgust. The woman smelled awful, like a combination of ultra-strength cleaning supplies and old bacon. He smiled back nervously. An expression of hostility flickered across her dark eyes, like the silhouette of a large shark gliding beneath a boat on the open sea. The look, which lasted barely long enough to register, was frighteningly raw and bestial, but her smile remained the same. He noticed the odd pink stains on her teeth and felt his whole body tense up and recoil. She nodded, the hostility again, replaced with robotic, customer service friendliness. All right, well let us know when you're ready. Then she grabbed an old broom and dustpan and began sweeping up the place. There was nothing to sweep off the sterile looking tile, but she continued the activity with enthusiasm, staying always within easy earshot and eyesight of Roger. He excelled. Enough of this shit, he thought, then got up and walked back outside, doing his best to ignore the eyes boring into the back of his head all the way. He'd wait another five minutes for Case. It was already ten minutes past the time they agreed to meet, and if she didn't care enough to call or text saying she'd be late, well, that was it, another disappointment. He breathed in the warm summer night's air, then smacked a mosquito on his arm. <sighs> Thoughts spinning and feet tapping with impatience, he wiped away the bug and began pacing around the building. He didn't like the way the two weirdos inside could see him through the front window. Roger walked alongside the large rectangular restaurant until he reached its rear. He wondered if the owners lived back there. But then, he noticed something odd. The back parking lot, unlike the front, was filled with cars, compacts, midsides, pickups, Cadillacs, and motorcycles and trucks. A few new and shiny, most old and rusty, all parked tight together in neat, orderly rows across the gravel lot. It was a strange sight. Roger figured the other two cars out front belonged to the two workers, but all these vehicles... Whose were they? He felt a creeping sensation of something not quite right. 
Maybe the Jim's Burgers property doubled as a parking lot for whoever needed the extra space. But where did all the owners of these cars live? The closest house was a couple of miles away, at least. Beyond the lot, the darkness of the tree line stood thick and unyielding of any secrets. Roger's phone buzzed. He jumped, then fumbled with the phone. A text from Case. She was here. Feeling that happy buzz of hope and nervousness that always accompanied meeting a pretty girl, Roger walked back to the front and went back inside. No new car had arrived, but maybe one of the cars belonged to Case, and she'd just been in the bathroom. There, patiently reading a paperback at one of the middle tables, sat Casiopa. She was every bit as beautiful as her pictures had suggested. Her bright-eyed face was a perfect picture. The elegant curves of her body proudly filling her black and white striped dress. She looked up from her book to greet him at the sound of the cowbell, and those emerald eyes flashed with the warmth and hint of mischievousness that Roger found utterly irresistible. Roger? She purred with a flick of her deep red hair. Have a seat. How are you? He happily took the invitation, and the two of them talked, laughed, and flirted for 15 minutes that felt like 15 seconds. It was awkward at first, like any first date, but Case was exactly the woman he'd hoped for and dreamt of. Beautiful, geeky in all the right ways, easy to talk to, all wrapped up in that hourglass package of seductiveness. Well, I'm starving. Let's get some grub, she declared, hopping to her feet. Roger shifted uneasily. Uh, he said softly, glancing at the ever-staring fast food workers. Can we go somewhere closer to town? I honestly feel uncomfortable here. I know a great uncomfortable with me, Case interrupted, giving him puppy dog eyes and a pouting lip. Then she smiled and grabbed his hand. Come on, the food's great. I've been coming here since I was old enough to eat solid food. You'll love it. The menu was simple. Mostly hamburgers with different toppings. Case recommended the chili cheese fries. And Roger, remembering the growl of his stomach, how hungry he was, happily placed a large order. A few minutes later, Case was practically skipping with glee when she banged down the plastic tray of steaming and fragrant food. Close your eyes, she demanded. No peeking. Roger complied with a chuckle. (laughs) This better be worth the drive, he joked. Case poked a cheesy, chili-covered french fry under his nose. He savored the spicy, meaty aroma. His mouth watered. Open wide, she said. Roger took a bite. The fry was a lot chewier than he expected. Maybe under or overcooked. The texture felt way too tough. He bit harder and felt something brittle crunch between his teeth. The unexpected sensation instantly set his mind into a panic. And he realized the taste was all wrong. Though he couldn't place his finger on what exactly it was... Roger opened his eyes and spat the weird french fry into a napkin. 
His heart began to pound and he felt the urge to vomit when he saw what was on that napkin. A human finger, pink and bloated, dunked in cheese and with his bite marks distinctly cutting through the middle knuckle straight to the bone. Hot marrow dripped from the fracture, mixing with the pulled cheese and grease which soaked into a little puddle around the severed digit. What the fuck? Roger moaned and frantically spat into his hands, trying to get out the taste and pieces of skin. Case began to laugh. It was a girlish giggle at first, then it gradually grew into a hearty belly laugh. Roger couldn't stand to look at her. Still processing the disgusting situation, he grabbed for his cup of Sprite to wash out the taste, and in his panic, knocked the drink over, spilling soda all over the table and the floor. Case laughed even harder, and she looked at him with tears of sadistic joy in her eyes. <laughs> you, you, she gasped, touching a hand on his arm. <laughs> you should have seen your face. Oh my god. Roger swatted her hand away. Fucking bitch! He said standing up. Why the fuck would you... Easy there, sir. The cashier had crept up behind him. And beside him was the female worker. You've made quite a mess, she said. Roger turned to shove past the guy. Away from Casiopa's taunting laugh. Away from this freak show he'd found himself in. He'd call the police. He'd bring this whole thing down. He felt a sharp prick on his neck. Saw the hypodermic needle out of the corner of his eye. In a stunned second, the room began to spin. And he couldn't hold his eyelids open. He began to fall. But someone held him up. And began to drag his heels across the tile. Nighty nighty boy. Case taunted. And then Roger was out entirely. When he woke up, he tried to thrash, but his arms and legs were all tied down with leather straps. He felt the cold metal table against his bare back, looked towards his feet, and realized he was entirely naked. His head felt a bit drowsy from the drugs, but he was unhurt otherwise. The room, which he figured to be the back behind the kitchen, was cold, smelly, and bloody. Various human parts, including arms, legs, and heads, hung from meat hooks, many of them dripping. The fluids flowed into the drain in the middle of the blood-stained concrete floor. Two long tables waited, adorned with butcher knives, bone saws, needles, and various surgical tools that looked like they belonged to another century. Roger struggled against his bonds, only hurting his wrists and ankles in the process. Knowing it would be futile, he screamed for help. A long silence. Then a door slammed open and shut. Footsteps. Two people, one appearing on either side of the table. One was the cashier, dressed now in a white butcher's apron, surgical mask over his face, and the other was Casey, dressed in her same sexy outfit. No one's coming for you, said the cashier. You are done. Roger struggled frantically again and swore at his captors. Now, now, 
purred Cassiopa, stroking his forehead. That won't get you anywhere. Just relax, and we can have a bit of fun before you're turned into food and shoe leather. Roger stopped struggling, though he continued to shake. The terror was overwhelming. He tasted his own tears and sweat, salty and hot on his tongue. Good boy, said Casey. And now, the cashier picked up a butcher's knife and began sharpening it as he walked out of the room. Everyone you meet really is food, you know, when you get down to it. We humans take it for granted, being at the top of the food chain. She showed her teeth and snapped her jaws at him, then laughed. (laughs) Think about it. All our flesh is going to be food for someone else someday, one way or another. What goes around comes around. Just like all those poor and innocent cows and pigs and chickens you've devoured in your life. If it wasn't this, you'd just be worm food eventually. Roger was sobbing now, wishing to wake up from the nightmare. He thrashed again and thought he felt the leather give. Just a little. Don't cry, poor baby, Casey said with a mocking pout. At least you'll get to be in me. She touched her belly and grinned wickedly. Then she ran a hand along his chest, towards his own stomach. While my idiot cousin is in the other room, sharpening his knife, I'm gonna touch you and tantalize you. She ran her salt, warm hand down further in his inner thigh, and get you all hot and eager. She touched her fingers in his inner thigh and began to rub. The best meat should be relaxed and happy when it's slaughtered. She moaned, posing to give him a stunning view of her breast. Her hand was on his private parts. You're so flush with tasty blood. She purred, then squeezed him so hard it hurt. You want me? To be in me? So, so bad, don't you? She gave a quick bite and giggled at his frantic reaction. Calm down, silly, she said. I'm not going to eat it. I'm just getting my latest trophy ready. From the nearby table, she lifted a massive pair of sharp, heavy scissors and snapped them a couple of times towards his face. No! No! Fuck no! Roger screamed as she seductively stepped to the foot of the table and took up her position. Please! Please! What do you want? I can get you money. God, no fuck. Please. He pleaded, digging the leather restraints painfully into his wrist and ankles. The bonds were made up of something weaker than cow leather and continued to gradually stretch, giving him just a bit more wiggle room with each thrash. She ignored him and kept speaking with sadistic glee. I have a whole shelf of these, you know motioning with the scissors at his manhood. All pickled, floating in jars. You'll fit in well enough. And I'm just going to enjoy taking the first bite out of the Roger Burger. (laughs) Anyway, let's get this done quick. I'd tell you this wouldn't hurt, but I'd be lying. She opened the scissors wide. Roger moaned and squeezed his eyes shut hoping he'd pass out and somehow avoid the pain.
The door banged open, and the cashier walked back in, knife in his hand. Cousin Casey, he said nervously. There's some people outside. I think they're cops. Well, don't fucking let them in, Casey snapped. Can't you see I'm not done? I know, I I told them to fuck off, but they say they got cause. Mary's talking to them now, but they're real suspicious, Case. They're showed badges. They're those plain-clothed detective types. The cowbell rang from the dining area, and Roger could hear muffled voices, stern and combative. For fuck's sakes, Case whined. Why am I the only one around here with half a brain? Don't let him poke around. I swear. Here, finish off this chump and let me deal with it. She snared at Roger, and on her way out, whispered to him. Scream, and I'll make this 1,000 times worse for you than you can possibly imagine. Then she set the scissors down, somewhere behind his head, out of his sight, and exited. Now, it was just Roger and the cashier. Roger thought about yelling for help. The cops were arguing with Mary, and now Casey. He could hear, and it didn't sound like it was going well. The words, stolen property, and missing persons, came through the wall. But the cashier loomed over to him, leering with that big sharp butcher knife. And the bonds felt like they could rip with just a bit more time and effort. There could be a better way. You don't have to do this, Roger said, stalling for time. Those cops are going to find this room. Find me here. Do you want to go to jail? Get locked in a cage for the rest of your life? Does that sound fun? You can still run. Get out while they're distracted. I swear I never saw you. The cashier frowned thoughtfully. Roger continued talking and also began to reach his fingertips as far back behind his head as the restraints would allow. Is it worth going to jail for life just to do what your cousin says? This whole thing is a twisted scheme, isn't it? Success. The tips of his finger found the plastic handles of the scissors. No! The cashier shouted and stumped around. She says she got all the brains, but she don't. She's just a pretty one. She helps daddy find new stupid meat like you during the slow times. Roger got his finger through the loop of the scissors handle and began to inch them closer. Now, he just had to keep the cashier distracted long enough. Oh right, she's real pretty isn't she? And stuck up right? I bet she doesn't even give you the time of day. The cashier banged the knife's handle on the nearby table, inflicting a dent. He groaned and hurled the weapon across the room. No! I mean, she's pretty, but no, she's not nice to me. She thinks I'm stupid. The conversation from the other room continued all the while. The deep, authoritative voice of the detectives. The sweet, innocent tone of Casey The investigator sounded more irritated by the second. Finally, Roger had the scissors in his hand. The idiot wasn't looking his way. Now, to just turn the tool around and cut through the first wrist restraint. 
Does she even let you see her naked? I bet not. She's a tease, right? She's going to blame all this on you, you know. Roger said. She's going to throw you under the bus. See? Don't do this. You're smarter than this. If you run, right now, I'll tell the cops it was all her. Roger fumbled with the scissors as he talked, got the angle just right, and snip, one hand free. Now he could defend himself and free the other hand. But then things moved very quickly. First, gunshots. One, two, three, four, thundered from the dining area, making Roger stop mid-movement. I said drop it! A police officer shouted. Next, the cashier turned to Roger, noticed that the bond was cut, saw the scissor in his hand. The bumbling cannibal hustled across the room to pick up his discarded knife. You tried to trick me, he shouted and stumped over. You stupid freaking jerk. Boom. The door burst open. Case hurtled through, then grabbed a nearby chair and jammed it under the door handle. Her dress and face were streaked with blood. She did not look happy. She grabbed a small chainsaw from the tool table, pulled the cord, and wrapped a deadly little implement to life. You're fucking dead meat! She shrieked, shoving her cousin aside. The cops were pounding on the barricaded door. The chair creaked and cracked. They'd be inside any minute. I'll fucking eat you raw! She swung the roaring blade down at Roger's neck. The blade missed by inches, clanging and sparking viciously off the metal table. The smell of gasoline and singed metal filled the air. But Roger's arm was free and held a weapon now. He rolled his torso over and cut it clean through the other leather restraint. He screamed to the cops for help. Case went berserk with a chainsaw swinging it faster than Roger could counterattack with his scissors. The sharp and spinning steel screamed and dug through the flesh of his shoulder and back, spraying blood across the room. The attack narrowly missed, decapitating him. The blade slipped, then pressed into his collarbone with Case's entire body weight, filling his ear with the weapon's deafening roar and the splattering fragments of his muscle and bone. The pain was absolutely unbearable, blocking out any figment of thought or rationality. He screamed, squirmed, and stabbed her with the scissors, poking bloody holes in her arm, then her sides. She redirected the chainsaw attack to knock aside his weapon, then leaned on top of him, pinning his arms down with her knees. Die! She shrieked then dropped her head down to bite his torn up shoulder and collarbone. Like a dog, she ripped off a chunk of flesh, sending more blood spraying, then spat his own flesh back in his face. At the same time, she dropped the chainsaw down to his wrist, tearing excruciatingly through the muscle, nerve, and bone to sever his hand. Roger snapped his other hand free from under her, then struck her repeatedly in the face, instinctually hoping for a knockout or at least to damage her eyes. Just then, the cops busted through the door. The cashier, who up till then 
had been trying to guard the entrance, fell to the floor with a wet thud, chest full of well-placed lead. Drop it, one of the cops shouted, now in the room. Then without waiting for a response, Casiopa's head exploded out the front of her face, coating Roger in blood and brain chunks. Her body went limp and collapsed over his. The facial exit wound leaned against his cheek like a lover's kiss. Over here, he's wounded, one of the cops shouted, then began to roll the body off. The other officer was talking into a radio, calling for EMTs, but the words were becoming vague to Roger, along with his sight, as his consciousness faded into black. He felt his hands in some sort of cloth pressed against his neck, attempting to staunch the bleeding, no doubt. Perhaps he'd live, he'd have a hell of a story, he deliriously thought. All this just to break a dry spell.